Welcome to TD Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Self-expression and being yourself, delivering on trend for everybody, it's Forever 21. This is Oliver Chen. I'm TD Cowan's new platforms, retail, and luxury analyst. We're thrilled to be here today with Winnie Park. She's the CEO of Forever 21. What sets Forever 21 apart? It's history as one of the first retailers to drive speed and efficiency at delivering on-trend merchandise. This is a visionary podcast series about visionary ideas and people. My name is Oliver Chen. I'm TD Cowan's new platforms, retail, and luxury analyst. In this episode of our Retail and Luxury Visionary podcast series, we're excited to spend time with Winnie Park, the CEO of Forever 21. This business stands for innovation and was one of the first to deliver on-trend apparel and accessories with a strong value proposition. More about Winnie Park. She's a seasoned business executive and an inspirational leader with deep international omnibrand experience and an impressive track record at LVMH and Levi's, among others, growing and enhancing business and operations within the retail and fashion industry. She's an expert in merchandising, branding, marketing, digital, retail, and e-commerce, all great skills, and she's very stylish and well-dressed as well. Winnie, it's great to be here with you. It's so wonderful to see you, Oliver. Thank you for having me. So Winnie, what is the new Forever 21, and what are the brand's core competencies in your view? So the new Forever 21 is actually a brand. We went from being a great fast fashion retailer to actually being a brand that has a distinct look and feel and that communicates its values to its customers. I will say that, you know, underpinning that is we've always been an authority on trends and that continues to be something that really keeps us going, makes us actually good at what we do and excited for what we do. But added to that, we're really leaning into cultural zeitgeist, and we continue to make fashion accessible to all, but with really great quality that's been produced with intention and standards. I I would say the other piece of this is delivering 360 experiences to customers from social to digital to in-store. We are really great retailers. And finally, we are really taking a different approach in terms of marketing. Uh, So much of traditional marketing with brands, and especially in fashion, is about talking at customers, and we're about engaging with them and co-creating with them. Winnie, what does your footprint look like, and can you elaborate on what uh, 360 means as today's customer expects everything in a very fast amount of time as well? Absolutely. Our footprint is uh, we've got a really, really great uh, direct experience via e-commerce. And I would say that the first channel really is the app. That's kind of the window to Forever 21. And then we've got a network of over 400 stores in the United States and another 150 internationally. I think that for us, this whole notion of 360 is being able to uh, storytell through compelling content and communicate that via every channel. So if it's social, connects to front of house and our windows, through to what you see on the app, 
But it's not just about a bunch of stuff. It is about storytelling. It's talking about the what's, the why's, and giving context for the product and the moments to our customers. Winnie, how are you balancing executing to great fashion and trend uh, relative to quality? Um, Those are characteristics that consumers want really both if they can have it. Absolutely. And Oliver, I think it's that much more critical for Gen Z. You know, I think that this notion of getting value for money is huge. And uh, this young uh, group of customers especially are, uh, they shop value, which may be carrying a great Louis Vuitton wristlet alongside things that they've thrifted and inclusive of, of fashion that they find at the mall. But for us, value is really looking at the price value equation for what we bring to market. And we're not cheap. So it's looking at the fabrications. It's making sure that the sewing is good, uh, making sure that the product fits in a way that you know really um, helps the customer look their best. And so it is a process and it's a process and it takes a lot of different sources for how to bring that together with an amazing design team based out of Los Angeles. And honestly, a lot of really, really great vendors and partners throughout the world. That brings us to another great question. One of the concepts we always talk about is magic and logic and the logic of inventory planning and supply chains. So how do you stay up to date with trends? You've been famously awesome in terms of being fast. Um, What are your thoughts on inventory planning? You know, uh, what we're learning at Forever 21 is how to be best of breed of both. Uh, We're really lucky in that over the course of 35 plus years, Forever 21 has actually come up with a business model that allows us to basically get the best fashion as late as possible. And that is a combination of uh, designed and developed in-house but doing it on a very, very rapid pace. Uh, It is a combination of working directly with vendors throughout the world in terms of what they're seeing, what they're bringing to us, what can we move and modify on, and also great partners in the market. Uh, And so we've got multiple sources for the goodness that we bring to market. And I think that that helps us with inventory planning because we can make decisions later. Uh, The other piece of this, though, is developing a muscle where we've developed programs that we know our customers count on. We have a line that was launched in September of uh, 22 um, that is called Essentials. And it basically is the the pieces in your wardrobe that you want to replenish, you want to go back for. And instead of just doing basics, what we do is we always add that bit of a twist, but we're designing into fabrications. So really, you know, if you can keep the substrate or the fabric running, what can you, what new bodies can you cut into it? And how do you continue to deliver that thing, those things that he and she and they rely on in their wardrobe? Winnie, that brings us to another hot topic, the Shein partnership. You've had many cool partnerships. Uh, Shein has a really innovative uh, catalog of 600,000 plus products and it's, it's a global force. What is Shein for those who don't know about it? And why did this partnership make sense? And what are some of the mechanics behind it? Absolutely. Well, I will tell you, uh, Shein is a global marketplace. Their forte is bringing um, all of these products from various sources together on a traditional marketplace platform, like an Amazon. 
What is uh, differentiated with them is that they also work directly with manufacturers in that marketplace model, and they're able to produce product very, very quickly. Um, They're able to scale from 100 units on up based on demand and what they see in their predictive modeling. So it's 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 a bit of science and art. And I think that uh, it's interesting because there are very good synergies between Forever 21 and Shein in that we have very distinct business models. Shein is a marketplace, Forever 21 is a brand. We are one of their top searched and most desirable brands, and we're currently not present there. And so if you can imagine a customer who wants us but doesn't have us yet, there's a direct synergy there. They bring, um, honestly, digital domination. We bring the ability to have uh, retail excellence in a network of amazing stores. Um, and, and as I said, over 400 in the U.S. And there is some magic to our customers wanting things immediately, honestly, shopping for the weekend. And so we think bringing the synergies of you know our footprint and what we do really well as a brand, along with what they do really well, Um, there's an interesting possibility. When we talk about what we're doing, we are literally laying down the road as we drive on it, which has been terrific. Um, I love the agility of our evolving relationship. I always tell folks we're, you know, a multi-billion dollar startup at Forever 21, as are they. And so kind of co-creating what do we do, when, how, and reacting to not only what we think would be great business ventures, but more importantly, what the customer wants. And so we are evolving that quickly as we speak. Yeah, Shein's had some really remarkable physical pop-ups. I also believe strongly in Fidgetal, our bricks meets clicks. Um, what's your vision for you know how Shein may manifest physically? And this is a 10-part question, but you love experiential retail just as much as I do. What are the coolest stores going to look like now and in the future? Speaking of pop-ups, we just hosted our first Shein pop-up in Ontario Mills this past uh, weekend in in Southern California. And it was pretty amazing uh, to see um, this combination of Shein as well as Forever 21 customers co-experience this co-branded event, right? You could shop physical Forever 21 as well as the Shein pop-up. And the synergies between what the customer was gravitating towards were, were, was real. And we saw, uh, you know, just amazing response from customers for that concept. And you will see more of that coming. And, and just to go to your point around digital, a must-have, a must-have, especially with the youngest customer. Um, there are realities to being the youngest customer in America. And one of them is you shop with cash. And so, yes, you do some things in terms of direct and e-commerce, but for the youngest Two $20 bills and a trip to the mall really does serve a bunch of their needs. And so digital is important. Also, Gen Z really loves to touch and feel product. They get quality. They get fabric. They get make. And so the ability to physically experience is something that they really appreciate. So I think it's that much more important. We've taken digital to the next level, Oliver, in terms of, of a few things. One, activating. Uh, where the customer is. So, you know, you can throw a store up anywhere and expect them to come. But how about show up at a music festival the way we did with Rolling Loud this past summer? We launched in Los Angeles with Rolling Loud, which is the biggest hip hop festival in the world. 
And I think it's one thing for a brand to name a stage. It's another thing to activate in collaboration with Rolling Loud. We created a space that um, festival goers could go and get a makeover via Bunny's Bay Bar, as well as outfit themselves and have some fun. And so that thought process of how to activate and how to meet them where they are is the next new in terms of digital and where I think the future is headed. You can't rely on them coming to you. You got to go to them. Yeah, I think what's exciting about that is just maintaining cultural relevance and also this evolving sense of of music and movies and TV and how this can um, really interplay with the cultural zeitgeist and being relevant. I do think that with Gen Z, they are more than any, anything cultural omnivores, and it goes to food, media, film, sports, you name it. And so we are trying to figure out ways where we can engage on all of those. And so our next collaboration, um, we did collaborate with Barbie. Um, and in fact, the trifecta this summer of Barbie, Taylor Swift and Beyonce was just a tidal wave of business for Forever 21, which we loved, um, but also looking at further uh, collaborations in terms of how to be part of the language of media and film. So those are some of the things that we're thinking about for the future. On the customer side, how would you contrast the Shein customer relative to Forever 21? Shein, in my opinion, is also about expressing yourself and enabling a, a customer to express themselves. But what do you, what's your hypothesis for the nature of those customers? Right. I think the Shein customer, I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of overlap. I also think that, you know, customers who uh, shop on price get a lot of bang for buck on Shein. I think that, you know, they have a very broad customer base, probably one of the biggest in the world, uh, if not the biggest. Uh, and that is with the freedom of being a marketplace and being fully digital. Um, I think that with Forever 21, what is special about our customer, and, and really, we go across the socioeconomic um, spectrum and across the spectrum of, of uh, ethnicity, as well as however you identify yourself, he, she, them, however. And that has been terrific for us. I would say that what demarcates our customer in terms of you know cohorts are really millennials, Gen Z, and now Gen Alpha. And so we really look at generationally and at life stage. And um, what's interesting is that the millennials in terms of, of customer, they have t- typically have more spending power and they're at a very different life stage, right? They're starting families, they have different needs, but they have this nostalgia for Forever 21. It's the place when you were a kid, you went to the mall and you got you know your looks for prom or for Friday night or Saturday nights out. And for Gen Z, um, they often shopped with their parents, Gen X, and they grew up with Forever 21 as well. But it has a very different meaning for them. And they're at a very different stage in their lives. For us, the funnest thing for me to do is now stare at Gen Alpha and what are they doing? And I think what differentiates them, well, you know, we've got social natives with Gen Z. We have uh, Web3 natives (laughs) with Gen Alpha. And they spend a lot of time in the metaverse. And their virtual reality is as real as their real reality. And so, you know, doing things for us, like being part of of Roblox and Shop City, um, was not a way to market, per se. It's to do exactly what I like to say, is be where they are. 
and let's be present and let's start building a relationship with them and being engaged with them and co-create with them, even if it doesn't uh, necessarily get the immediate immediate return on investment that you typically see in performance marketing. Yeah, Winnie, I'm very excited about um, decentralization, peer-to-peer, as well as gamification. Hmm. What do you think about gamification and how it may manifest and what have been your key learnings in the metaverse? Um, so there, there are many issues with the metaverse and, and that there are many different metaverses and technologies not quite yes. there with augmented reality, but it may get yes. there. What yes. do you think? You know, I am no expert, so I'm going to speak from what I've been trying to observe and learn, but also just our own experiences with Forever 21. Gamification is really interesting because I think that the traditional retailer version of gamification is what you would see, honestly, even like on a Timu um, and and this whole notion of rewards, et cetera. But gamification for me when it comes to Web3 and this notion of co-creation is what's been really powerful. It has been exciting to do things like bring Barbie into the metaverse via our Barbie collection this past year where your avatar could twin with you and your physical looks could go on your avatar. But it's also been neat, like co-creators in the metaverse and in Shop City have created a Forever beanie. Um, and it refers to Forever 21, but all it, all it says is forever. And it's you know sold a million units in the metaverse. Well, we step back and we're like, wow, if that's so popular in the metaverse, why don't we make one in real life? And so the metaverse is actually reflecting back um, and the twinning goes backwards. I think things like that are just interesting. And it just it spells out possibilities of what the next new could look like in terms of design, in terms of innovation, in terms of looking at customer demand. But again, most importantly, it's just being present where they are um, and giving them freedom to play with the brand and self-express which may be, may be uncomfortable at times. You know, they may create a version of Forever 21 that you don't love, but it's very telling. You can learn something from it. Yeah, the whole world of non-fungible tokens and also tokenization because these physical objects can exist on the blockchain and interplay with digital. Yeah. Also, I think that these emotional cultural moments can be quite fun. And the objective of retail is to also surprise and delight. I agree. So I need to go twinning with you. Let's do, uh, let's talk about promos. We can get back to that hot, fun topic. What are you seeing in terms of the promotional environment? And what's your promotional strategy? We're normalizing and customers like deals, but retail can often just have too much stuff and needs to mark down more than you want. What do you think about promos right now? Right. I think it's going to be a hot and heavy promo season. Uh, the macroeconomic head headwind is real. And I think customers are looking for the best deals out there. I also see in Forever 21 a counter trend, which is we've always been, I always tell the teams we're in the business of desire. She and he need to see it, want it, and buy it. And what we see is with our best fashion, um, especially what is front and forward and now trending when we're saying, this is it, you got to have it. There's not a lot of price resistance. We don't see a lot of price resistance when it comes to amazing co collaborations. We just dropped our Disney collection and we had a um, on our app an early uh, kind of like access event. And it is insane how much product is flying out. Um, so I think if, if it's compelling and there's the, the desire there, 
um, price is really not that big of a barrier. We're always thinking about value. So we've got key price points. I mean, the value you can get for a Barney's cashmere-like coat at 99 bucks at Forever 21 in our collaboration is beyond. And so value and having that, that those pieces that you just got to have. And the other counter trend we've seen at Forever 21 is, um, you know, they value everyday sweet sweetheart pricing and hitting certain price points more than a promotion. And I think it's specific to us and our business, but I do think promotions are going to be hot and heavy uh, for Q4. I also think online, it is the price of entry and there is a, an expectation. It's like free shipping and something off is the expectation for customer shopping online. Winnie, um, part of the secret sauce in retail is just getting the right stuff at the right place at the right time. Broadly, how are you thinking about breadth versus depth in your portfolio? And also planning and allocation can also be extremely important. We'd love your reflection upon that because Forever 21's had a really broad assortment in the past mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. One, that breadth is important to us, but the breadth can't just be a bunch of stuff and it can't be duplicative. That breadth has to be compelling and that breadth has to be strategic in terms of getting the breadth out there, testing, and then saying, this is a hit, let's order up, let's let's go after this. It also is, it's part of the magic of desire, right? You know it's going to be there for a nanosecond, you better buy it or it's gone. So that is part of our business model and we want to stay true with, to that. I think where we are finding greater balance is the piece that is this you know, the essentials of your wardrobe that you go back to Forever 21 for. And it's not a basic tee. It is, you know, a great, you know, contour bodysuit. You're going to get it at a fraction of the price of what you would get at other brands. And being able to offer that consistently, because she does replenish her black and white, but maybe it is, you know, a square neckline instead of a round neckline. Maybe it's a cap sleeve. And evolving what that means to her and to him and them is important. So our balance is that is where really great planning and allocation and being mindful as, as a design and merchandising team of cutting into fabrics that work as opposed to recreating the wheel. That's the part of the business that is new to Forever 21 since I joined. And we're going to amplify that piece. Winnie, we have to also talk about Barney's. You know, Barney's New York is such an iconic brand, you know, that you and I grew up with. Um, how is that fitting in to your strategy? You've been a really busy CEO, many creative partnerships. Mm -hmm. So Barney's, the Barney's collaboration we launched at Fashion Week, and it was such a wonderful moment, um, Oliver, because of the, the nostalgia that it does bring um, in terms of being an incredible fashion icon. And what we did was demonstrate, I think, to the world that um, we can deliver upon the quality, the fashion, but twist for the new generation what Barney's can mean. And so let me give you an example. Um, the entire collection was designed to be unisex. So we fit every piece both on men and women. Um, we looked at very different body types, and we went the full range um, in terms of size inclusivity, in terms of gender inclusivity, and we really 
we're thoughtful around that full length cashmere coat. How good does it look on a six foot four guy and a five foot three and change myself woman and anyone in between and, 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 you know, on the curve. And so that, that exercise was so much fun for us. And again, bringing a bit of that nostalgia and what that represented to us and being able to bring Barney's was we really are a fashion authority. And just as much as Barney's has a a long and, and really solid history as an authority in fashion, Forever 21 while newer can blend our DNA with Barney and bring Barney's and bring something that is special. So that was really fun. And it's one of 20 collaborations that we delivered in the past couple of years. And some of them are cultural zeitgeist like Barbie. Um, some of them are design driven. Um, and some of them are, you know, honestly around fandom like Hello Kitty. And so for us, that is leaning into what is relevant for customers today. And it's not just one language. It's lots of cultural languages. Um, the other part uh, congratulations on all the collaborations. Amazing to have that throughput and also that diversity. Um, ABG, Authentic Brands Group. So you're part of this platform, which has a lot, a suite of amazing capabilities. Um, what are some of the benefits and how has Forever 21 like really evolved on this platform over time? Absolutely. Well, Oliver, I will tell you that what... Uh, ABG brings us is uh, the ability to partner with some amazing brands, uh, Juicy Couture, for instance, and the ability to, again, the the same thought process collaborations, um, uh, take a concept and reinvent it in a way that you bring the DNA of two great brands. And ABG's superpowers, they are brand builders. And the best thing that's happened for Forever 21 in, in terms of being part of that platform is reinvigorating the brand. Brands mean a lot. Um, having more worked for some of the world's best brands, Levi's, uh, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy Group, and their pantheon of brands. And in my days um, heading up fashion for DFS, I've also worked with all the Caring Group brands, Richemont, et cetera. And I guess what's so powerful about brands is that there is an emotional power that they have. And I think ABG really knows how to bring that power out and to go back to the disciplines of what a brand truly means. And it is emotive. It's not just transactional. And they've empowered me to build a brand, not just drive a great retail experience. Winnie, on that topic of brands, what's most exciting to you about the future of brands? What what do you see changing about um, new generations and different kinds of generations and and how brands should evolve to remain relevant. And um, what do you see Forever 21 being most famous for as well um, Mm -hmm. as we look forward? I think the future of brands is that um, in the world we live in, um, it's so exciting to have so many micro brands pop up and the level, the barriers to launch brands are so much lower today than they were in the past. And so... The ability for creators uh, to have a moment and to manifest in physical product or, frankly, in virtual product, um, their creative energy and have communities buy into it, um, that ability is is faster, cheaper, and better today than it ever was in the past. And I think that's super exciting. 
I think the difference between um, being a micro brand and launching and sustaining is the brands that win listen. They have the greatest humility when it comes to their real bosses, which is their customer. And uh, being able to evolve to customer needs and listening and understanding the cultural zeitgeist and understanding what it takes to be relevant is critical. And it's not just buzzwords like you have to be on social. How are you on social? How do you engage on social? How do you show up? What is it? What does it mean to you? Um, and so I think all of that makes it much more complex and harder to be relevant. But if you listen and have the humility to listen and not just demand or not just push uh, what you think it should be um, and have a rich dialogue with the customer, the world is your oyster. I think finally, you know, having a product that is amazing <laughs> and that there is a need for. Um, and that need might be an emotional need as it is for Forever 21. We're not food, water, shelter. <laughs> so, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I'm, I, you know, we're not at food, water, shelter. You have to desire it. And I would say the future of Forever 21 is to continue to uh, be relevant by acknowledging the customer and their need for self-expression through fashion and to continue to really deliver amazing trends, not just fashion, trends, and to be part of the cultural language that's around us. Yeah, creating desire is yes. part of the innovation of clothing. Last question, Winnie, you're a visionary executive in retail. Wh which parts of your past have really helped inform what you're doing now? Which parts of this job are the most fun? And any closing remarks you may have? Ooh, that's a hard question, Oliver. So. I would say that I've had a long and winding road to this role. I've not had a direct path. And so I have learned from beginning in my first career out of college, working for Ralph Nader in the nonprofit sector, all the way through to being a first-time CEO with Paper Source and everything in between. And what you learn along the way is a few things. One, know your audience and your customer let that be your North Star, um, to uh, really understand the art of influence and how to get people to say yes more than they say no. Um, and part of that is listening. Part of it is being a really great partner. I had a boss who once told me, there are people you have to work with and there are people you want to work with. Try to be the latter because things will go a lot easier. And I truly believe that. I have learned along the way in my career that strategy without execution is nothing, but strategy is important. And having a team who uh, lives and breathes both the strategy and the execution and who are so much better than you is the only way to be successful. And finally, I have learned that don't manage, lead, be a conscious leader, develop in your teams and your people around you, that conscious leadership of being intentional about what you do, about being above the line, about being respectful. And, you know, I am excited to continue just to be a student of life and a student. I'm a very unfinished product as, as a leader. And I think, you know, my journey with Forever 21, we're still not done. We're like literally laying down the road as we drive on it. And it's super fun and exciting. And that entrepreneurialism is the thing that I thrive on the most. If it was easy, it probably wouldn't be that much fun. 
I think the most important advice I would have is uh, be open and actually make change and being a change agent your ML as a leader. Yeah, what we uh, what we really see happening across these topics, Winnie, is this new generation where where gender fluidity, personal style, um, they're all important, and also um, diversity and inclusion across the uh, executive spectrum. Um, so it's great to hear about what customer centricity means to you, um, how to be conscious and collaboration means as well. And there is this big aspects of community and co-collaboration. Congrats on Sheehan and thanks for sharing so many details of, of the new Forever 21. Thanks a lot, Thank Winnie. Thank you so much, Oliver. Always wonderful to see you. You're an inspiration. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of TD Cowan Insights.